We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back. Another week in the books. You're tuned in to NFL Food for Thought right here on rotogrinders.com. I'm Justin Carlucci, the Luch, alongside a Will Priester, the Chief. What's going on, my man? I feel like it's been months since we talked, but it was only about a week. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, I don't even know how serious my sweat is today uh, with my prop play because, I mean, it's just not breaking this game this Monday night football game hasn't gone any way that I thought it would um I mean Baltimore can't move the ball Michael Pittman hasn't had a target since five minutes left in the half uh it and all this means is in the second half everybody's going to go off but that's that's really all it means right and this is something that I know. So uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Sound, sad to, or sorry to be such a Debbie Downer, but th- this is this is awful. A lot of football left. A lot of games probably didn't go as predicted. Of course, you have New England, who took Tom Brady in the ropes, to the ropes in his return at Gillette, almost lost to the Texans. You have Big Ben. Looking like vintage Big Ben a little bit in that game with Pittsburgh. Big top Ben is still Denver. dust. I don't care what happens. <laughs> he know. needs to be replaced. You have uh, the undefeated Cardinals who uh, were wearing the crown, only beating San Fran by seven. And Trey Lance didn't look great. And he's dinged up. And we'll talk about injuries shortly. You have Buffalo taking it to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And there was a long weather delay in that game, too. I don't know if anybody had props on weather delays this season, but we're already at two, and I'm pretty sure the over hit on how many weather delays we see this season. Um, and, of course, you have Dak and the Cowboys throttling the Giants at home uh, in Saquon. A, a depleted Giants team, might we add, because 
they should have they should have throttled the Giants. No Danny Dimes, no Saquon, no Galladay, no Darius Slayton, no Sterling Shepard. If they should have throttled the Giants. And and by the way, you know, don't look now, but that Danny Dimes um injury, boy, did it cost me. I had some uh four out of fives on prize picks that just didn't get there because Danny Dimes got hurt and I hope he's okay. Or had a concussion rather. Uh sorry, sorry, man. Let me, you know, it's been that it's been that kind of week. We gotta brush those shoulders off, and move on, man. And we're that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna hit the reset button with this podcast. Get everybody ready for the rest of the week. But you you said Dallas should have throttled the Giants, and they did. They handled business, and the Cowboys are for real. They're for real in that NFC. Chief gives us a little fist pump as he's got the game on his screen over there. Don't spoil it for me. I, I'll wait and see till we're done here. But we, there's a billion injuries. This was a terrible week. We can start with the Giants, and we can only tell you what we know right now and what some hypotheticals would mean because we're here on Monday night. Um, really stinks for Saquon Barkley. Uh, the ankle didn't look good. Not sure on the severity and the longevity of that injury yet. But I, I just hope he's not one of those players that can't stay on the field. Let me tell you this, Chief. I work for a local newspaper, and I used to cover sports. And I saw Saquon play once or twice. He went to high school about 25 minutes from where I grew up. And, you know, you see that boy play on a high school field, and you just – you say, oh, well, he's just doing things nobody else can do out there. It's not even fair. You know, play, playing out there with some uh, honor roll students and some guys that just want to get out there and get some burn. You know, he just outclassed everybody else on the field. So right. that one, uh, you know, I, I'm pulling for him more than, more than most athletes to kind of be successful because he's a nice guy, too. He's a nice kid. A lot of positive local stories about him. I hope he returns to the football field, and I hope he's fully healthy. He was playing a lot of snaps again. They took that leash off rather quickly earlier in the year, Chief, and uh, just unfortunate that, you know, he went down. You said Danny Dimes went down. Obviously, Slayton, Shepard. Well, if there was anything that opened the door up for the rookie Tony to do his thing, and he saw a ton of volume. So talk to me. What do we know about these Giants injuries, Chief? And uh, moving forward, I mean, you know, where, where do we go from here? It's kind of a day-to-day thing until we find out some more. And don't look now, they got the Rams coming to the to the Meadowlands, to MetLife this week. So it's not going to get any easier at all for the Giants. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the Giants season may essentially be over um, with these injuries. Like, and that that's the thing about football that kind of sucks, right? Like, a couple injuries early could just take your season all the way off course. And, and, and here's why I'm saying that. Think about what just happened last week with the big win, right? And by big, I mean, getting out of there, you know, getting the win in overtime. And then the week before, whenever they played Washington, they should have won that game. Had a, had a costly penalty. I, I think the Giants season is done. And it's not because I think they were a bad team. I think the injuries have just, they're ravished, man. And, and I know what that feels like. I mean, we had Cam Newton on our team for a while, and Jonathan Stewart and Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley, and Keekley would get a concussion. Thomas Davis would be hurt. Cam would go out with a shoulder injury. John, it's just – and when that happens, you know, an offensive lineman gets hurt. Uh, you know, a cornerback goes out, and then it's like, well, I mean, you got to strap up and play. But it's when it's not your best players, it is football – but the best players have to be on the field, period. I, I feel you. You're talking to a guy who supported Marcus Mariota. I was dying on Mariota Mountain for years, and the guy just couldn't stay healthy. Played one snap this year as a Raider, and he landed on IR. That, that was a, a tough stretch because you really want a guy like that <laughs> to succeed. But don't look now. This year, no Julio Jones for a couple weeks. A.J. Brown barely played this week. Bud Dupree, the big splash signing for Tennessee. I, I know what you're going through, and – you know who Tennessee is coming to town on Monday night? The yep. best team in football right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we will get to some Bills Chiefs talk then. But, uh, you know, looking at these price tags here, DraftKings did their thing. More kudos to them. Devontae Booker, relatively cheap, but he's not a free square. 5,400 against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Darius Tony, 5,600. Let, let's just say Barkley's out because it's looking like he's out. 
Galladay, I, I don't see him playing. Uh, Shepard, who knows? If you're if you're if you're rolling out, Tony is the one, and Shepard's the the workhorse or lack thereof this weekend. Do you have interest in anybody on this Giants team? I feel like we should, right? I mean, they're going to have so many guys that that you can look at, but it's going to be tough. This is almost one of those. Let me wait and see how things shake out. Let me get to the end of the week. Let me hear some coach speak. Let me get something from some from some beat writers. Like, let me figure out something. Um, clearly, Tony was the alpha dog. If if for some reason, you know, if, if he's out, uh, God, what's the other guy? Is it Horde or uh, Board? God, what's his name? I can't. I can't. Uh, mm-hmm, it's Board. CJ Board. Yeah, I mean, you got to think he's going to be in the mix. Um, Evan Ingram, uh, the, the, the other tight end they have, maybe he's in the mixes. I mean, it's just, it, it's going to be a puzzle piece to, to put together. I can tell you that much. Don't look now. John Ross had five targets, didn't do anything with him, but he's 3,100. Yeah. And boy, hey, do I, do I hate okay. to, do I hate to say John Ross in 2021? <laughs> Listen, man, we're looking at a, obviously a one game sample, but Tony had 28% of the area market share last week. And even in week four, Tony had 24% of the area market share. John Ross isn't far behind. So let me hear you. Let me, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Tony at 5,600 or John Ross at 31? That's tough. You know, the volume, the volume appears to be more with Tony, but Ross is a one play lightning strike in a bottle kind of receiver. So uh, I think maybe for large field GPPs, you know, keep John Ross, you know, in the back of your mind there, if you need a total punt. I can go with that. Okay. I mean, 3,100, you can't, I mean, what? I, I can't beat that. I mean, at five targets, I think that's a big deal. Yeah. I don't know if it matters who's, who's playing quarterback and uh, hopefully speedy recovery for, uh, for Danny. Dimes, well, I mean, uh, what's, what's, what's his face? Uh, um, what is his name? Um, Mike Teddy Lennon. Bridgewater. No, oh. Teddy Bridgewater came back after a week. So. Hey, maybe Danny Dimes can get get back in there, you know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, what's what's the next no- most notable injury in your eyes from from this previous week, Chief? Like, what what's what's some what's the other headline here? What are we thinking? Uh, I mean, I think it's it, and there were some some big injuries. Don't get me wrong, and I think a lot of it was with the Giants. I think the big one is one that we we kind of go back to is Dalvin Cook really week to week or is he actually hurt for an extended period of time right like what what what's going to happen this week you know what 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 are we going to see what type of uh uh ramp up during the practice week like if he goes through another week where doesn't practice limited practice limited it's like okay is he going to play this week like what, what what's going on here is Christian McCaffrey going to play this week? Remember, they were saying, oh, he's he's about ready to play. And then last minute, it's like, no, he's not playing. And I would much rather them do that than to roll him out there hurt. See, but you got two big-time running backs that are in this weird little stage of, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? And we'll, I think we'll know, but I do think it's a big deal because guess what? They're playing each other. That's true. That's true. And in terms of Alexander Madison, I know he's playing your Panthers and I know they have a really nice front seven, but I don't think 6,200 is enough for Madison in that role. I think he's a 7K plus running back, at least. He's literally, and I don't like using that word, a plug and play in that system. There is nothing they won't run for Alexander Madison that they will not run for Dalvin Cook. Madison might be one of the top 20 talented runners in the league. You couldn't ask for a better handcuff there. So, uh, obviously, Madison was chalky last week. He was about 700 cheaper, I believe, on DK. But that guy is a volume machine in fantasy. is all about opportunity. So, if Dalvin Cook is out again, I mean, I'm not hesitating here. That That's chalk I will play again. Yeah, for sure. So For sure. So, the Steelers aren't on the main slate, but Juju Smith-Schuster had surgery, and yeah, he's donezo. And I believe he's on a contract yeah. year, too. So, he yeah. might not ever suit up as a Steeler again. Done for the year, man. Done for the year. That's I mean, sad. You hate to see it, man. Yeah. Done, done for the year. There's nothing he can do. Now, th- now, that's not obviously on the main slate, but moving forward, 
how much of a boost is that to Deontay Johnson, who is already the alpha target guy there, or is it more of a bump to Claypool or, or Najee? Like, what are your thoughts here with the with the Steelers uh, skill uh, I guys? Mean, I think it's I think it's just a re- redistribution of the targets. Like, I think all these guys, even James Washington, may end up with a little bit more targets than we anticipate. Now he's further down the pecking order. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely think for Claypool and and Deontay, like it's I think you know these guys are probably going to get 10 or 15 targets a game both of them or or close to it you know close to it Najee's probably going to get five to ten a game and I say five to ten because we don't know when he's going to have the eight target game and we don't know when he's going to have the five target game you know um but but yeah I mean I'm with you just just crazy injuries out there James Washington wanted that trade and uh he never, never got it. Um, now he might have a real opportunity on his hands. Although it was Ray Ray McLeod who played 50% of the snaps. He played most of the game when Juju uh, was out. So that's interesting. I, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to the Steelers uh, last week. So uh, keep an eye on who's going to have that role moving forward. Um, Trey Lance. Uh, Niners, I believe, are not on the main slate either. No, uh, he was fifty seven hundred last week. Chalky cash game type of option. Uh, didn't play well. Uh, not necessarily. Really didn't play well. Didn't have George Kittle. Obviously, that hurts too. Um, Arizona, one of the best teams on both sides of the ball. You know, kept the Niners in in check, and now he's dealing with uh, a sprained left knee. And and who we still don't have a really we really still don't have a timetable on Garoppolo's injury either. So they're on a bye week, I think, Chief, I believe. Is that is that right? Are the Niners on a bye week? They're not on the main slate regardless, so we can uh, wait for that to develop too, and hopefully we get something more solidified uh, as this week rolls around. But uh, how about the Bills and Chiefs game? And uh, our elephant in the room segment here is basically just we're taking up injury time because there's so much to cover. The, not only did the Chiefs get their butt kicked by the Buffalo Bills, uh, they came out half in a body bag. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is week to week. Guess who just traded for him in his 16-team auction home league? This guy. He did. Guess, he who did. Will, guess who traded Matt Stafford away in a deal to get him? It was me. Guess who I had <laughs> to, to start in Stafford's place that I thought everything would be fine? Russell Wilson. So I took My a goodness. double L. A double L in that one. Anyway. It's all good. It's all good. Smiles on my face. Ready to move on. The sun's going to shine another day in fantasy football land. But yes, uh, Edwards, Edwards Hilaire, I'm, I'm assuming, is not going to play this week. So we have McKinnon or we have Williams. We have to talk about that. We don't also have any clarity on the severity of Tyree Kill's injury. Travis Kelsey got rocked in the later portions of that game, too. And he apparently has a stinger. But to me, it looked like he had a concussion when he got drilled. We need some clarity with this Chiefs team, too, Chief. Yeah, I mean, look, let's talk about this. The Chiefs are not a winning football team right now. And I know, I think this is something. Did, did we mention this last week, Luch? Like, yeah, did but we, hey, the mic is did, yours. Did, 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 the mic did we talk yours. about this? What if? Kansas City's just not good this season, right? Like, they're talented. They're talented, and I think we're giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think we talked about this, but it, but it's a relevant point. We're giving them the benefit of the doubt because of prior success. But at what point this season do we say, hey, maybe they're just not good right now? I'm not saying they can't turn it around, but – you know, uh, teams have figured out or some teams are deciding that they're going to take Tyreek Hill away and put a little pressure on Mahomes, right, and make him make some errant throws that they're not going to let Tyreek just blaze a trail down the down the field on them. And the other thing is, what you talked about in terms of inju- injury, um, Travis Kelsey, I mean, really got – I mean – they put the wood on him all game. It wasn't just that last play. Like, they were sticking him the whole game. And so I just think 
they might be in trouble because even now some of that their talent is not enough to get them over the hump right maybe, maybe we saw the beginning of that uh, of some things being exploited in the super bowl where the offensive line just got destroyed mahomes has been kind of scrambling for his life and i saw a stat on twitter today that he has thrown an interception in 13 of his last 14 games that doesn't sound like the patrick mahomes we've been accustomed to seeing but yeah. you're but some things are just not the same you're right I'm willing to, to go back to them this week because you know who they have? The Washington football team who just gave up 33 to Jamison Company. They gave up 30 to the Falcons the week before. They gave up 43 to Buffalo. They gave up 29 to the Giants. I, I mean, so we're talking about most of the season, the Washington football team. Chase Young in this defense, who were supposed to be a top third of the league unit, just haven't put it together. So if there is not a better damn bounce back spot with a team with maybe a little bit of a negative narrative surrounding it and maybe some injury concerns and maybe there's some game time decisions, I think the Chiefs go out there and ball out this week. I'm, I'm curious well, to see. Of course they're going to ball out. Well, what, the oh, why, 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 what if they're not a good team, though? <laughs> the, the, the Washington football team isn't a good team. Okay, that's fair. But, but here's, what, here's what I'm saying. If you're the Chiefs, you got to beat good teams, right? Because guess what? Pretty much everybody in your division is better than you right now. So you need to beat the chart. Like, you, you got to beat these teams. So, you know, when I'm looking at the Chiefs and, and they're playing Washington, okay, well, that's one week where they get a get a, uh, a a bad team. But all in all, like, who you got to beat the good teams. Uh, this is the AFC right now. I'm going to give you the standings. Um. And I was trying to get the full, but I'm just going to break it down by conference. What if I told you the Chiefs are last in the AFC West? Through five weeks. Now, remember, this is, this is, this is football. So we're, they're pretty much a fourth through their season, or a third, rather. Excuse me, a third through the season. I would have told you that you were high as a kite right now if you were telling me that before the season. Correct. The Chargers are four and one. The Broncos are three and two. The Raiders are three and two. The Chiefs are uh, two and three. The problem is they're going to have to really get to the top of this division. Like they need at least need to at least be second to even have a shot at getting in the playoffs because the Bills are coming out of the AFC East. Right. As of right now, we have the Chargers. Now, the Chiefs could totally turn this thing around. They're only two and three. I remember the Patriots having some weird record like this before, and it was the on the Cincinnati game, and they just ran away. So the Chiefs are are high powered enough to, to win some games. But you have the Ravens winning games. You got the Bengals that are three and two. The Browns are three and two. Like at 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 some point, the AFC North is going to squeeze two teams in. And depending on what happens with the AFC West, maybe they squeeze two teams in and one of them may not be the Chiefs. Like, what happens if it's the Broncos? Or, like right now, Tennessee's leading the AFC South, and they should they should, they, they should be 4-1. Don't, don't upset so, me. Don't upset I, me. I'm not trying to, but, but you see my <laughs> point? It's like, well, where do the Chiefs fit in if for some reason they can't beat the better teams? Because at some point you have to beat the better teams. The losses that they've had this season – well, they beat the Browns, which was a good team. They lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Bills. You, you see, you see, they, they have to beat good teams. They're playing. They're playing Washington next week. Then they're playing the Titans. Okay, they're playing the Giants, who are depleted. But then they're playing the Packers. Can they beat the Packers? I don't know. They're playing the Raiders. Can they beat the Raiders? I don't know. They're playing the Cowboys. Can they beat the Cowboys? I don't know if they'll beat the Cowboys right now. They're playing the Broncos, who are more of a defensive team. Will they beat the Broncos? I don't know. They play the Raiders again. They play the Chargers. They play the Steelers. And they're playing the Steelers late in December. They're playing the Bengals, and then they're playing the Broncos. You tell me if this team is is bad or not as good as we think, this feels more like an 8-9 situation or 9-8 rather than what we're accustomed to them seeing. Now, I'm, I'm clearly thinking the Raiders will have a meltdown. I don't think the Raiders are as good as we think, right? I don't think that, but the point still remains right now. The Broncos are three and two and the Raiders are three and two. And I think the Broncos have a better chance to win because they have a better defense. 
So how, so how do the Chiefs overcome this when essentially the other teams are going to be getting having a better record as well? Like, like how, how do they overcome? No clue. All right, I'm, I'm off that soapbox, but there's gonna I, have I, to be there's gonna have to be some magic because they're having the same problems, <laughs> offensive line and defense, offensive line issues and defensive issues, right? right. I, I, I saw the uh, I don't know what the memes were, the tweets where uh, the honey badger was so disgusted with Sorensen at the back end, they're throwing his arms up after every play he's given up. I mean, it was brutal. I mean, I, they didn't have Chris Jones, two, okay. Two separate plays and they looked at like identical busted coverages. Yeah. If, if if nobody's watching. That little cover one they run just wasn't happening. This wasn't happening against Josh. I mean, kudos to Josh Allen. I had this conversation with a friend today. I know we're going off the rails a little bit here. But I don't recall a quarterback getting so much better in like three years than Josh Allen since he was drafted until right now. I don't I don't recall a quarterback getting that much better so quickly while he's been in the league. Uh, of course, Mahomes has gotten a little better, but he was pretty damn good when he took that first snap in the league. When Josh Allen first got, I mean, he could not throw a deep ball to save his life. He wasn't accurate. He he made a lot of, I know we had this conversation about giving rookie quarterbacks some time, and that's what they did, and they brought in some pieces to help him out. Still don't really have a run game, though. But you bring in Stephon Diggs, you, know, you bring in Cole Beasley, got Emmanuel Sanders now. Yeah, but but you see my point, though, man? Like, think of, think about teams that took the time to give their quarterback time. And, and, and remember, I don't think Baker Mayfield's elite, but I respect the Browns for giving a rookie quarterback time that's literally had, you know, seemingly 40 million coaches, right? You have to give the guy a shot. You know, you can't bring in five coaches and then say, oh, Baker's bad. That, that's not fair. Correct. <laughs> and so if you look, even over, even over uh, uh, this past weekend, you know, since we're talking about quarterbacks, we're talking about Baker and, and maybe his improvement. One of the things I heard, you know, Ryan Clark say, I know it's ESPN and we're thinking, oh, we, we can't listen to ESPN. But you have to listen to guys that have played the game, I think. I try to, you know, even, even a guy like Rex Ryan, who may have faltered later in his career in coaching, he still understands football. Ryan Clark still understands football, even though they may be detached from being inside the league. They understand what it's like to be in a locker room. And one of the things he said Baker's good, a good quarterback, but he's still not a quarterback that you feel like can go out and win it for you in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. And so, but here's what I'm saying. Baker's, this is Baker's second year. In my opinion, Baker's a sophomore quarterback. And, and here's why I say that. Those first two years, I mean, come on, he had Freddie Kitchens one year that didn't know anything. I mean, it was, I mean, what, a, what a terrible experiment that was. And then the year before that, he had uh, the guy that came over from Cincinnati. What is his name? Jeez. And he had him for half a season. So you get what I'm saying? And then he had a full season with a competent coaching staff. And then, lo and behold, he gets better. So, and, so in my mind, Baker's like a sophomore quarterback-ish. So I think next season he takes another jump, like Josh Allen, who is in his third season now, right? Or is this his fourth season? Third season for Josh Allen? Okay, yeah, third season for Josh Allen, who's now – he keeps taking these leaps every year. Same coaching staff, had McDermott, a guy, a guy they believe in. What do they do every year? Give him weapons. Emmanuel Sanders. Tyler, uh, not Tyler Croft. Uh, Dawson Knox is coming on. They went out and got John Brown for him for a year. You see? Uh, uh, Cole Beasley. Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. They, they get the guy weapons. They make sure he's ready to go. This is the stuff – that championship teams are built on. Then what they do, they make sure their defense is okay. Well, watch this. Cleveland has done the same thing. Now they need Baker to keep taking the leaps, right? So we want to see, will will he take the leaps? And that's what we're going to have to do with these rookie quarterbacks. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes kind of came out of the gates firing, but guess what? He needs to take another leap now because his team needs him more than they have in the past. Because the people are catching on to the scheme maybe a little bit. Almost like Sean McVay. I know I'm hogging the mic here. Please forgive me. But almost like when teams were catching up to Sean McVay with Jared Goff. Do you remember that? First year he gets there, Jared Goff looks like a superstar. Then the teams catch up that, hey, they're running, you know, 11 personnel a lot. And lo and behold, Jared Goff isn't as good as he's looked. Now, now is Jared Goff passing Mahomes? Absolutely not. But my point is, 
Look at what's happening to Patrick Mahomes now that people seem to be catching up a little bit. See? Anyway, elephant in the room. There you go. Patrick Mahomes needs to improve. You only get that here on the first on uh, on food for thought, people. Nobody's saying Patrick Mahomes needs to improve. And Rodrigo um, Blankenship misses a field goal. <laughs> Thanks for that spoiler. Uh, I'm curious to see how this backfield shakes out this week. Daryl Williams outsnapped McKinnon 37 to 27. Uh, that was a pretty pass happy script. And when Edwards Hilaire exited the game, I just have a funny oh. feeling about Jarek McKinnon. I, they need, you know, if Tyreek or Kelsey do not play, they're going to need another playmaker out there. Not a knock against Daryl Williams, who's serviceable, but McKinnon just gives them that extra dimension out of the yeah, back. A little juice. A little juice. I have a strange feeling about Jarek McKinnon. We'll get to we'll get to some game stacks and things like that in our Ravens recipe. offsides. They're going to get another shot at this thing. Some of that recipe for success coming up. Um, and, we- and and guys, I think so. Sorry, Luch. What maybe can be a staple of this part is us ranting and raving about Monday Night Football. This is so much fun, even though you guys would be getting it later. Uh, they did start dialing up the targets to Michael Pittman. By the way, I don't know if you saw that, but the targets have been dialed up. J- just FYI. Oh, I'm I'm locked in, man. I, I'm. I'll come back for the fourth quarter then. Uh, <laughs> recipe for success. We'll get to some of our game stacks and uh, games to target. Then a couple other notes from this previous week here. Let's talk about that Browns Chargers game. We you talked about Baker Mayfield. Nice segue there. Listen, the volume was there for Nick Chubb all year. He finally got his nice fifty-yard touchdown in that game. Can't say enough about Justin Herbert. We talked about that division. Talk about making a leap and getting better. It looks like the Chargers have hit a home run with Justin Herbert um, so far in his young career in this very young part of the season. Uh, Mike Williams <laughs> goes from uh, not involved last week to just get peppered with targets this week. Listen, I'm honest. You could have given me 7,000 lineups and I wouldn't have full stacked that game once. I would have had some pieces to it because I did like Chubb and I did like Hunt. Uh but kudos to whoever, you know, picked that one out and has some exposure in their 150 bills or, you know, your three maxes or whatever. I did not expect that game to have 80 points in it. <laughs> but, no. Because both of those defenses all. have been pretty damn good so far this year, and they're good on paper too. Very talented. Crazy game, though. You know, what are your takeaways from that one, Chief? Well, I think, you know, one of my takeaways is the Chargers are a high-powered offense and the funny thing is um they are high powered at every every position every position um look at austin eckler involved in the passing game and the running game right he can burn you on both ends of the of of the rope of the candle mike mike williams big receiver big big catch radius but can also just get open, right? He, he can just get open. Keenan Allen, move him all over the place. Target monster, doesn't drop a lot of passes. I mean, just, it's insane. And then secondly, as you hold your hands above your head, I'm, we're going to pause in the middle of our program because I know what this is about. And now this is the elephant out of the room, as I'm sure you're looking at John Gruden being out as the head coach of the Raiders. And what a time to be alive. Nothing against John Gruden. This isn't about John Gruden. This is just about the fact that he's out. Wow. Uh, yeah. Initial, initial thoughts for, for the $10 million man as they are uh, they're, they're sending them packing. With the division game coming up against the Broncos, a lot of implications here. Two teams that are above the Chiefs playing each other this week. Chiefs, so the Chiefs will naturally, if they win, start getting back into the fold. One of these teams is going to be second in the division officially, and one is going to be third. And my gosh, you almost have to think it's the Denver Broncos in Denver as their coaches, as the Raiders coaches now out of the the uh, uh, the coaching seat. Uh, Luch, your thoughts. Wow! Yes, I just popped up when I when you were talking, man. I know. I saw it going on, and I saw your hands going. Uh, this is this is a part we may have should have had with video. 
I saw you put your hands in your head like unbelievable. And now let, let, let's get your thoughts. I, I can't even listen uh, to see what they're actually saying about it. Uh, but at any rate, you go right I, ahead. I just saw it pop up and, you know, I mean, and we heard some uh, some ugliness come out of, of some things that, you know, non-football related that Gruden, you know, what reports said years ago. And, and I'm sure there's more to the story. Um, and maybe as some more things unfold, we'll find out, you know, some more of those facts, Chief. But, you know, from a football standpoint, I mean, if, if just strictly football and what that, you know, you alluded to, wow, big divisional game coming up. Not only that. But <laughs> Derek Carr, another guy who had the coaching carousel, and now how long of a leash can you give a guy like Derek Carr because you feel for all the personality? Now, you expect John Gruden and Carr to be together for 10 years when you bring John Gruden. So Carr is uh, is just waist deep in the Gruden system and personnel. And, uh, you know, it was allegedly very complicated when Gruden got in. So now that he actually digested all of these elements, and to be quite honest with you, strictly football – I thought that was a terrible 10-year decision to lock Gruden up uh, as Oakland's head coach because, you know, you haven't coached for 25, 30 years, and we saw a lot of outdated stuff he's been trying to do. I mean, God, you were screaming about the, the game script and the, and the things he was trying to do last week when we were on the pod when they were in prime time. It just makes you scratch your head. Now, we're just talking strictly football, uh, and I, I think, you know, we're probably – uh, better off, you know, letting the, the story unfold as the week goes on. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it sounds like Gruden uh, had some character issues and, you know, he, he gets this, uh, this, this portrayal of uh, the funny guy who does the co- quarterbacks interview, you know, you see him for 10 minutes on TV every week, you know, growing up, but uh, you know, you just don't really know uh, what goes on behind closed doors and uh, how people communicate and, I'm just curious to see how this plays out, but I, I, I just for the rate, you know, the Raiders team, you know, doesn't, doesn't, they're finally having a successful beginning of a season, a lot of mm-hmm. optimism, a couple of big wins. And it just really sucks for, for the whole organization that this, that this is happening. And um, was it the right move? You know, if Gruden was involved with some of the ugliness that the rumors were, then I got to give kudos for, for the Oakland, uh, the Las Vegas organization for uh, saying, hey, man, uh, see you later. Uh, that's my spin on it. I don't know. What do you think? Well, well here's the thing. And I, I think no matter how you slice it, here's what teams don't want. Bad publicity. Hmm. Right? Nobody wants bad publicity, especially this. This is basically the first season where fans are coming inside the new arena the new stadium and it looks beautiful. I mean, it looks beautiful. Yeah. They're in Vegas. Fans are behind the team and guess what? They're at, they are winning, right? They've won some games and I, I think they just don't want anything to derail maybe the, the, the positivity and the direction the team is going in. And so it's the same thing with urban Meyer, right? Like, like, I don't want to make this about, just about Gruden, like I want to make this about organizations, right? You're looking and they're saying, okay, how much of a distraction is this really going to be? And yeah, and yeah, like things were bad. Like what Urban Meyer did was bad and what John Gruden did was bad. So I'm not trying to take away from the actions. I'm just saying from an organizational standpoint, people don't want the drama. Like I watched, a, I watched an interview uh, with Cam Newton just talking about why he felt like the Patriots released him. And it's not, and, you know, one of the things Cam said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he's on his exact words, I'm paraphrasing. But what he said was, you know, he, he wasn't going to have a problem being a backup, but he felt like the Patriots organization was going to have a problem because of all the questions and all the, hey, can, you can't, Cam can handle it. And how's Cam going to feel being a backup? The media. And what is this going <laughs> to, right, right, yeah. right. And so, he said he felt like they just said, hey, man, you know, they just kind of had to let him go. And, and, and also, Matt Jones was maybe going to be uncomfortable, right? Because he was going to have to get asked questions and just, just stuff. And so, you know, if you want, if you kind of just don't want to deal with all of that. Uh, sorry, I hit my, my microphone there. So if you guys hear that, that that's what happened. If you don't want to deal with all of that and everything that's going to come with the decisions that someone else has made, you know, I think I think the teams, you know, made a decision to, to try to cut ties and, you know, bringing us back to football. Like you talked about with Derek Carr, 
Like you said, he's another one. And, and was having a, a pretty good season overall so far. Yeah. Like, no quarterback's going to come out and, and have an immaculate game every game. But you look at Carr, I mean, he was having a, a, a much better season. And now, I'm sure one of the assistants is going to step in and be the interim. But guess what's going to happen next season? Whole new coach, whole new – it may not be a whole new playbook, whole new system – that, that you know that coach is going to going to want to install their philosophy, get their type of quarterback, their type of players, and Derek Carr may be it, but now he's hitting the reset button again. You know we can't expect that from quarterbacks. We we just can't. It's uh, it's unfair to them almost, right? I mean, we, we talk about Trubisky from time to time, you know, and kind of yeah. situation he he got the and and I will say in Trubisky's case, I do feel like he had chances. Right. And he's, you know, he switched. But I do feel like the organization gave him chances. Like even when Nick Foles came before or when he came that year and he was the backup, they gave Nick, they gave Trubisky the job. They're like, no, hey, Trubisky's going to be our guy. And Trubisky lost the job. I can't argue with that. Yeah. They gave him chances, you know? Yeah. You know, there's just been so much off the field stuff. Gruden now. Um, Urban Meyer, obviously, within two weeks of each other, and all and, that stuff coming. And, and, and P.S. too, I'm sure Trubisky's happy to be in Buffalo. Like I do think he's probably one of the best backups they could have gotten at the time, considering Cam wasn't released. Like if Cam was available, they probably would have taken Cam McDermott. McDerm- he knows McDermott knows Cam McDermott came from Carolina on the defense side of the ball, Cam probably would have been a perfect fit for that offense as a backup, considering it, there wouldn't be – there would be massive drop-off in the passing game, but Cam would be able to keep this team afloat and win. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, he could still win games. And I think Trubisky can win games. I think him being a backup in Buffalo is a good situation. He gets to keep some job security, won't have to play much, right? But and he understands enough to get in there and, and – Hopefully not blow a season for those guys if something you know weird were to happen. All right, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll shut up now. How how much uh, pull did Gruden have calling the plays offensively? Do you think? Like, um, I, I feel like he may have had enough. Like they paid him ten mil. Look, this is how I feel. The guys that get paid the money, they're on the field. They get to make the decisions. I gotta assume he had some weight in the play calling. I don't think it, I don't think it'll get I don't think the you know we're talking football strictly I don't think this might it could be a positive thing for them. Listen, they got they got the Eagles coming up. They got the Bron- the Broncos winnable, Eagles winnable, bye week, Giants, struggling Chiefs. Yeah. I mean this this is a rally game, right? Yeah. We didn't know this before, but this is one of those hey, we just got to go out and try to win this game for us. Forget yeah. the coach. Absolutely. You know? We just got to and, and and let me tell you why I say that. Because this is something and you guys will realize I like to listen to. I told you, I like to listen to coaches and players that have played. Drew Brees said this last night on Sunday Night Football. He's like, look, at some point, it's got to not be about the coach. He was like, it's got to be about the players playing for each other, right? You want to win games? We got to set the culture. Like, yeah, the coach comes in, they install a culture, they got things going that they want to do, you know, so forth and so on. But the players still have to look each other in the face and say, look, man, We've got games to win. We need to play better. We want to win and play for each other. I think that's what we get out of the Raiders this week, win or lose. They're going to have to bond together and play together. And that's, and that's an intangible that we can't measure with gridiron IQ or air yards or any of that. It is a part of the game. We can't measure it. But I think it's very important for situations like this. Crazy stuff. Didn't, uh, didn't expect to get that news right now. And I thought it, I thought it was possible, but – while we were recording, that was some of our bigger breaking news we uh, we had here. So uh, I'm glad we got to talk about that, Chief. Um, anything else about last week or John Gruden or whatever before we take a look at some of these games? And Man, let's 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 hop in these games, my brother. Let's, let's hop in the game like EA Sports. Let's dig into it, man. Uh, game environment. Give me one of your favorites, kind of first glance here, Chief. I mean. Come on, man. You, you, you should already know what game I'm on this week. So you're taking the over in the Carolina-Minnesota game. No, no. <laughs> Come on. Just think, think really like th- think about 
how I like to read these games. Just, just, just try me out for a minute. Well, try, we could try. talk about the fifty-five and a half total in the Chiefs Washington game because no, I like not, I like both sides of that. I'm going to talk not, about not that, that one. All right. Well, we're not talking about the London game, and man, the NFL must really hate London because they get to see Miami and Jacksonville. Hey, listen, we're going all the way to the end of the day, brother. Dallas at Patriots. Okay. This is a big game. And let me tell you why I say that. Let me, let me tell you why I say that. If Dallas wants to continue to insert themselves as one of the better teams in the NFL, and I do feel like they are one of the better teams. I, I do feel that way. They've got to get this game in New England. And I don't care that uh, it's uh, it's like New England isn't as good. You, you got to keep winning, right? They're going to be on the road in Foxborough. Let's look at Dak, 7,100. Put up, finally put up another fairly big performance. If you look at it, 21, 27, 25, 31, only had one sprinkled in there that he really didn't get there. Everything else, the guys put up massive touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, questionable, think he's going to play. He's 7,100. When's the last time we've seen Zeke at 7,100? Well, he was 7K last week. But uh, when's the last time we've seen that uh, consistently from Zeke? Zeke was 6K in that mid-6K and under range all season last season. Different seasons, that that was out, I know. But then we moved down, and then listen to this. How much do you think Amari Cooper is? He's continuing to be 6K. Yes, I understand that he's probably still not 100%, but had pretty good targets, three catches for – uh, 60 yards and a touchdown last week. At some point, I do think he has another big game. C.D. Lamb, 6,500, four catches, 84 yards. But the biggest, the biggest change in this offense, to me, is Dalton Schultz picking up seven to eight targets a game. And I think that's keeping all of this honest. My God, Michael Pittman! Big time, big time, big time. Uh but Dallas has weapons all over the place, Luch. Think about it. Yeah, you're right. You're and, right. And, so, and so what I'm saying is, they, and the defense needs to be catching up. Mr. Diggs just gets an interception every game now. What is Bill Belichick going to do? I don't think there's much he can do. I mean, we saw them struggle with Houston. What it, do you think Dallas it, is going to do? It's such a balanced attack, right? But yeah, Yes, yes, yes. You know? and it but here's... If it's decent oh, weather, if I mean the Tom Brady game, that the conditions, I don't know. I'm willing to kind yeah, of yeah, it was a weird game. I mean, it was rain, 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 rain. So, so while some people might say Cooper and Lamb are underpriced because the volume is so spread out with Schultz now, and even Cedric Wilson's involved, and he's throwing yeah. passes, and Zeke and Tony Pollard, maybe their prices are warranted because they're not going to get those 15 target games. I think uh, Lamb or Cooper might have had one of them, but now. You know, you have Pollard, you have Zeke, and you have Schultz, and you have Blake Jarwin, who's like the seventh fiddle now here. So right. are those but, are those price tags okay, or are they underpriced? That's I think they're okay. Yeah. I, I think they're okay. And I think what you can get away with now, I think we can almost get away with Dak, Zeke, Dalton Schultz stats and fade the receivers. But I do think, and the reason why I'm pointing this game out is because the Patriots are going to have to score points, right? Like they're going to have to try to score points in this game. And so when I'm looking at these prices on guys like Jacoby Myers at 5,500, who's been a target monster most on most weeks, right? You got to think he's a guy that's going to be in play. Hunter Henry is 3,900. He had eight, eight, you know, eight targets, six catches. Uh, I think this is a sneaky stat game because of the overall pricing. Definitely would want to play Dak, definitely would want to play Zeke, and definitely, I think, would want to play Dalton Schultz. Give me a little run back with some of these cheap receivers, and we can build whatever we want to build this week, Luch. Very excited about this Dallas Patriots game uh, where I feel like Dallas is going to do what they've been doing. Come in, put up a lot of points, make a statement, and try to get out of the stadium. I like it. I mean, I want to talk about the game with the highest total. I know it's no surprise, but I want to talk about the flip side. I want Terry McLaurin everywhere this week. I'll play some Heineke. Like, I just think Chiefs are, are that bad defensively. 
But if they come out offense, you know, do their thing on offense and come out of the gate, then I'll play Tyreek Hill. I'll play Tyreek Hill in a game stack. McLaurin is such an alpha in that offense. He is averaging 42% of the air yard market share. The next closest one is is Diami Brown at 23%. He didn't even play in week five. DeAndre Carter saw a huge bump there. Terry McLaurin, Heineke, run it with Tyreek if he plays. If he doesn't play, I'll run it with Kelsey. I, I love the thought of that. Heineke has more upside than probably anybody ever anticipated, you know, coming into the season. I mean, he's had some real games. He's under 6K in this matchup. I mean, he has two games where he was playing catch up and he threw the ball over uh, 40 times. You know, DK points, 10, 24, 23, 27, 11. Okay. Okay. His, his 11 was against New Orleans. I'm okay. New Orleans is a pretty good defensive unit. His opening week against the Chargers, I'm kind of willing to throw out. You know, that was like the the real, the first real dress rehearsal for most of these guys coming off of a preseason where nobody played. So Heineke's quietly been really good per dollar, and I'm kind of really excited to play him. I know it sounds crazy, but I think it's a, a perfect match with the issues we're seeing with Kansas City. I think you play Heineke. I think you play McLaurin. There's no Logan Thomas. I'm expecting a dozen plus targets, maybe from McLaurin. Sounds a little crazy, but he had 11 last week, 13 the week before. Um, and I think you can play the healthy chief pass catcher if one of them is out. Because quite frankly, I think you can, you know, Washington could try to take one of them away, but they just might not have the personnel to do it. I think that's a lot of fun. What do you think about that game? Quick question. If Travis Kelsey were to sit, do you feel good about Blake Bell? Or do you say, hey, Miko Hartman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, like, let's get going here. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, what? what? I don't know what direction to go there. I mean, if, <laughs> for large field stuff, yeah, multi-enter it. Like, pick, mix and match your stacks or your runbacks. But I do like the the McLaurin and the Heineke. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I've been saying it like that all year. <laughs> a little team stack and turn into a game stack with somebody from the Chiefs. I, that's That's my two cents there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What else are you looking at coming up? Recipe for I mean, success. You, you definitely think Terry McLaurin's going to be there. Uh, Adam Humphreys, you know, he, he's going to be uh, fairly cheap again, right? So, you know, you think, uh, and, and let me get the price on him specifically. Uh, Adam Humphreys is 3400 on DK. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. 3400 you know, had five targets, 73 yards. He gets a touchdown at 16 fantasy points. I think I think we take that. So, you know, I, I think we're good there. Um, so I, I, I like the spot overall. I mean, it should be – clearly this is a get-right spot for the Chiefs, but it, it's a get-right spot for Washington as well. Like this, this team, their defense, like we said, had big expectations, but we're not seeing anything. Agreed. Agreed. Who are some of your other targets this week in terms of uh, game or team? I'm definitely going to be targeting the Bengals um, and possibly the Lions as well. Um, you know, I think I think this is another game where we get some some good production. Right. We saw T. Higgins come back, but it was still the Jamar Chase and, and, and Joe Burrow show. Uh, Jamar Chase, you know, nine targets against Jacksonville, 10 targets against Green Bay. Uh, you know, T-, T. Higgins did have seven targets, five catches. Tyler Boyd, you look at him, he had five targets. But what have I been see- seeing mostly? Mostly it's it's Jamar Chase. It's the Jamar Chase show with Joe Burrow. So I think that's something to take note of. And let's see how it unfolds. Um, you know, what what's going on in um, – in uh, in Detroit, like a Monroe St. Brown, I mean targets galore, right? And it, this, this is kind of in back-to-back games. Another game where it's in a dome, we're expecting him to be behind. Eight targets, eight targets. I mean, looks like he he's a guy that, as a rookie, you know, they're they're going to be leaning on a little bit here. So you know, very excited about that. And then T.J. Hawkinson in the same game only had three targets against Minnesota. I mean, God, at some point, they're going to try to get him the ball a little bit more, wouldn't you think? 
You would think. And to your point, Jamar Chase is second in the league in air yard market share. Uh, didn't really affect him. The T. Higgins return didn't affect Jamar Chase as he got 60% of the air yards uh, through Cincinnati last week. So uh, encouraging stuff there. And he's under 7K on DK. So I totally um, I'm with you on the Bengals and specifically Jamar Chase. And, and big shout out to Christy. Creighton, who does the Crunch Time show with us, had Jamar Chase with Devontae Adams, a sick lineup. I think she took home 15 Gs on FanDuel, one of the single entries. So Yeah, uh, take it on. Yeah, Christy does her thing, represents us on Crunch Time every Sunday. So uh, awesome content and great job, Christy. So a great lineup and a great call on Jamar Chase with Devontae Adams there. So, no, I'm totally on board with you there. Um, Let's see. Man. So we, we should probably talk about the Rams, you know, playing playing the Giants I mean, who, who are probably going to have a, a very hard time sustaining drives. Do week. we really need to talk about this game? Well, I mean, I just don't want people to think we're not looking at it, right? I, I don't care about this game. I mean, the Rams should handily win it. Um, and I'm not saying that it's like a fade, but Cooper Cup 7,900. Like how, how, how much are they going to need Cooper Cup like overall? in this game. Robert Woods finally came up, had a big game. Uh, I mean, this feels like a practice game, in my opinion. It really does. So I'm I'm just, my gosh, Lamar Jackson's running wild right now. Uh, I, I just feel like how, how much are they, are we going to need them to do in this game? I, I you know, is this a, a, Darrell, a, a Henderson game? Maybe. I do like Henderson at 6K. Yeah, and I, I was following him very closely last week because I, I posted his prop uh, the day before the game for uh, scores and odds. And uh, the guy's not going to come off the field if he's healthy. Unfortunately, he got dinged up. He came back, looked good, hit the over last week. That was fun. I do like that price on him. My rebuttal to you is only, well, the Tampa Bay game was a practice game, and they were optimal everywhere. And they just kept throwing the ball. <laughs> I'm not saying Stafford's going to keep throwing the ball. You never know how McVay is going to call it. But Robert Woods is still cheap. If if he finally got inserted back into that offense at 6,100, um, I'm interested. And if you're a believer in Kadarius Tony, and you want to play the Giants will trail script, then I don't mind pairing someone like Woods with Tony uh, in that game. So for sure, for sure. All right, uh, let's. Let's look at running back here specifically. I know like a lot of places to get different are typically running backs. And I feel like we have the most questions about running backs from week to week. You have a couple guys that are chalk, right? And then after that, it's a lot of guys who are like sub 15%. So um, I'm, I'm looking at this. And the first thing that pops off to me is Jonathan Taylor, 6,600 against Houston at home. So that that's like staring at me as, the high floor, maybe chalky-ish kind of play. That, that's as they're going to use them the way they did in this game, which they I may know. start handing them the ball now that they're up. But this has been a frustrating experience with him. Like, I mean, they, they've used three running backs, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. If Jonathan Taylor doesn't pop a 75-yard screenplay at the beginning of the game, he's only got 10 yards rushing so far. Ten. We're the third quarter. Now, look, can he still get – and this is just – now I am tilting. But 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 I'm serious because I'm watching the game and I'm like, well, how are they handling this running back situation? So what Marlon Mack wants to get traded, trade him. But he shouldn't be eating into the other guys' production. Hines and Taylor, if that's what you want to do. Okay, well, I know it's impossible to iron anything out with all these questionable tags and, and we don't know. Uh, but just looking at this pricing, you know, what, what jumps out to you at the running back position? Um, obviously the status of Dalvin cook and McCaffrey <laughs> and of course, Barkley um, is big, but uh, you know, we talked about that Kansas city game too. And it seems like a good spot for, for anybody in that game really, but Antonio Gibson as well, right in that mid six range too. So uh, a lot of interesting plays here, especially in that mid range, you mentioned Henderson, um, you know, Deandre Swift is always in that mid six range and he has killer receiving upside. There's a lot of different directions to go this week. Uh, I mean, I, I think the big one for me is is in that same that uh, that same game. It's it's Antonio Gibson. I mean, at sixty five hundred against the Chiefs, 
I mean, good golly, Miss Molly. Like, should, shouldn't he be able to just rattle off and do whatever he wants to do? Sure, sure seems that way to me. Uh, I mean, if he gets 20 touches, I mean, I feel like he can get there. The Chiefs aren't good on defense, on defense. Um, you know, another thing here, Austin Eckler at 7,900. I mean, we see what uh, what uh, um, they've been able to get done in the passing game with their running backs tonight. Uh, you know, Austin Eckler, I mean, he's just all over the place. So I think Eckler at 7,900 is probably going to be one of the, the, the best plays on the slate just because of the opportunities he's going to get. And then last but not least, if Dalvin Cook is out, out uh, Madison at 6,200, we're just going to go right back to the well. Let me, let me lay this out for you. Joe Mixon played 28% of the snaps last week. Samaj P. Ryan played 61%. Chris Evans had 10% of the snaps. How healthy is Joe Mixon? I don't know. More importantly, P. Ryan so got, pl- P. Ryan yeah, got placed out. on the COVID list. Yes, he did. So if we get po- if Mixon logs full practices every day this week, I'm in on Joe Mixon. I'm in on Joe Mixon. If there's going to be a split and there's nobody else on that roster other than Chris Evans, here's our first 4K square who might not get the full workload, which maybe might keep his ownership in check a little bit. But it is Detroit. It is the Detroit Lions. SOL, same old Lions. Same old Lions. What are your thoughts on this? Very hypothetical here, but uh, give me a a what if here with the Bengals backfield. Um, Well, we we know P. Ryan's not going to be there, right? Like P. Ryan... He's not playing. So I think it's like you talked about, you know, we, we get the free square. I think we take it. You know why? They're playing the same old lines. It's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. So many moving parts as, as the rest of this week um, develops. What else? Give me something else from uh, this coming Sunday, and then we'll hop into story time and GPP food of the day to wrap things up. Well, I can I'm, I can go ahead and close this out. Uh, had my girlfriend's 40th birthday party this past weekend. It was fantastic. Took her to a, uh, this place called, called Galpayo Guaucho. Uh, it was a Brazilian steakhouse. I mean, we had a fantastic time. Friends were there. Uh, she was very surprised. And I, I was honored to uh, be able to do that for her. Uh, my favorite cut at the Brazilian Steakhouse was a, a cut called Spicy Picanha. Spicy Picanha. My gosh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was fantastic. Cut of beef. Um, something else I enjoyed, they had a bacon-wrapped chicken breast, like uh, chicken breast cuts. That was good. Uh they had a, a piece of pineapple, warm pineapple that's grilled, that they put cinnamon and sugar on top, brown sugar. Oh, man, unbelievable. And then there was this cheese that they put a hot honey on top of. Um, I just had a great time. Uh, you know, we just went there this weekend. It was our first time going together, uh, both of us. Our first time, period, but together. And I'm telling you, I would absolutely uh, go back on a private date with my, my beautiful girlfriend. And uh, so I was glad to get it off my chest. No more secrets. It was awesome. And so you just wrapped up story time with GPP food of the day kind of. So that was, there you oh, go. That was pretty impressive. There my, you my, go. Well, my story time is also had a busy weekend. It's like wedding season. I'm 31. Half of my friends are getting engaged or getting married. And a lot of them couldn't because of the pandemic last year Uh, but i went to a a barn wedding which is i guess gaining popularity in the country uh it was a nice venue uh actually it was a a family farm and they cleaned the whole barn and like decorated you would have never known that actual animals were living in there and like you know it was kind of crazy anyway uh, they had some beers on tap but it was kind of a byob if you want to or you know bring whatever you want with you and so i brought a bottle of of crown royal because i like crown royal wanted to make some mixers and left it out on the table we were sitting i said hey, anyone help themselves um 
no one really wanted to have a nice mixed drink with your boy on a beautiful, you know, uh, six o'clock autumn night. There was no cell service out there, so I couldn't watch Penn State lose. So I had nothing uh, to really do, and I didn't really know anybody. So uh, who who taps me on the shoulder? It's uh, an 89-year-old grandmother who wanted a, a, gra- a glass of crown on the rock. So I did not expect for that to be my drinking partner with, but it was a hell of a time, man. Didn't see that one coming, and uh, that 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 was super fun. I'm, I'm getting so, so a live reaction here from from the chief with this Monday Night Football game, and it's hard for me to keep it together here. Uh, I don't I don't know if Lamar was down or not. Either way, this is one of the best fumble returns I've seen in a long time. Like lateral. Did you see the play? No, I my my attention's on you when we're recording, man. I got my eyes. No, on my you. attention's on you too, but like <laughs> it's it's in my peripheral, and so then I see, and so what happened? I didn't realize Lamar fumbled. I looked up. I said, "Oh my gosh!" <sighs> and they're inside like the ten too. They were inside the five actually. So if this is actually a fumble. Uh, this is incredible. Um, but at any rate. Yeah, man. Listen, pour one out for my mental health because BYOB. Uh, listen, I'm a Titans fan. Obviously, I need the Colts to lose this game because Tennessee has the Bills, Chiefs, the Rams, and the Colts coming up, and that doesn't sit very well with me. That's like a gauntlet of a schedule there. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, Chief, where can the people find you on Twitter and uh, throughout the rest of the NFL week? At Chief Justice 06. You can absolutely find me in the Twitter streets. Uh, Talking prize picks, talking thrive, talking underdog. Uh, I just, I love it. So let, let's get rolling, man. Hey, man, always a blast with this barbershop type feel we're kind of putting out there. And if you want some more statistics and analytics, stay tuned later in the week. And the chief will be putting out, uh, always putting out some good prop stuff on his Twitter. Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us, kicking it with us for uh, another week of NFL action. So for Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. We'll see you next week. Good luck, everybody.